Spirit Radio Podcasts. Once again, when we've had warm weather, sadly there has been stories this week in the papers about people leaving animals in hot cars where, of course, they could die. And we want to get advice today on how to look after our animals during this hot weather because we really have to remember them and what are the best things to do in terms of keeping them safe and keeping them well. In studio, we have Pete Weatherburn, or you might know him as Pete the Vet. Hello, Pete. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks very much. Are you surprised that when this happens, we get a hot spell, that there's always people who still seem to not get the message about leaving animals in the car. It happens every year unfortunately and we we see at least one animal dying every year from being left in an overheated car and it usually happens by accident um, and that people don't I'm popping in to get something for five minutes and then you right. bump and into somebody and it turns into whatever. A longer conversation yeah. and or whatever or or maybe they're, they're, they're driving home and they put the dog in the, in the boot and, and, and they think it's going to take them 15 minutes and there's a traffic jam, they're there for 45 minutes they open the boot and the dog has died and this happens unfortunately and it, it's very difficult because not only is there a tragedy but the people also feel culpable, they feel they feel rightly that they've caused this to happen and that of course that guilt is a, an awful thing to have to live with Presumably it's just don't leave animals in a hot car full stop Yeah, but or, or even a cool car, just don't leave animals in the car at this time of year because you, you know people often say, oh, well look they're in the shade, the windows are open it's fine, but it's not because things can change very quickly and it's amazing how, how you see dogs have got hot breath and as they breathe out they fill the area around them with warmth and then they have to cool down by doing that. And if, they, if they're if they in an enclosed space, and even if a car's windows are open, it's still relatively enclosed space, um, the car soon fills with their hot breath, and then they can't lose heat anymore because when they're breathing hot air out into hot air, and so they can't breathe in cool air, and that's when they get into problems. In general, Pete, the type of domestic animals we have in Ireland, or dogs and cats and all that sort of stuff, mm. how do they do in this type of hot weather that's so unusual in Ireland? Are they good at kind of adapting? Cats are great because cats are independent creatures. And like the thing is, in Ireland, it's not like we're living in, you know, like Florida or 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 India, somewhere where uh, the shade even is is steaming hot. In Ireland, if you go into the shade, it's actually still reasonably cool. So cats especially are very good at finding pleasantly um, chilled out, shady places to hunker down in hot weather. And so cats cope very, very well with the heat. Dogs, unfortunately, um, for them, they're at our behest. They can only go where we put them. So, you know, humans choose to lock dogs in places where they shouldn't be, whether it's a conservatory at home or whether it's a, a, a garden with no shade at all or um, a garage. or There's lots of things that happen where, where people don't realise what they're doing and they unfortunately cause their dog to suffer. The other thing that we see increasingly with dogs is, is dogs that are exercising and, and then collapsing in the middle of, middle of a hot day. So again, it's partly ignorance. People don't realise the risk. So if a dog is on a warm day, they're already quite warm, and then they, you get them to chase their ball. And they love chasing the ball, so they, they'll forget about any discomfort they're feeling. They'll just run and run and run. But when they do that, their muscles produce heat. And so that means their body is warming up from the inside as well as being heated up from the outside. And they just can't pant fast enough to get rid of the heat. And so what you have is somebody who's 
exercising their dog on a warm day and the dog suddenly collapse. How do you, what are the telltale tell, tell signs before that happens? Very know few, the you see, suffering? because the dog's obviously just exerting itself, so it's panting a lot. Um, but what you'll find is the dog is panting so much that it's not stopping panting at all. Normally a dog is panting will stop panting and, and then be okay and then pant again. The dog is continually panting, but then what happens is when they collapse, and that might be the only warning sign you have, is your dog is now flopped down on the ground, looking uncomfortable and panting all the time. And you're going, why won't they walk? What's wrong with them? And, and I've had somebody phone me with it, that the dog had done this. They were out on a hillside and, on a sunny day, and the dog had collapsed. And they said, what's, we don't know what's wrong with her. She's, she was fine 20 minutes ago. Now she won't move. We can't, we can't get her to walk at all. And I listened to them, to what they'd been doing, and, and heard about the weather exactly where they were. And it was obvious to me that the dog had simply got heat stroke. So I had to get them on the phone, because they were in the middle of nowhere. They had to carry their dog to a nearby river and literally dunk their dog in the cool river. Cool the dog down. Is and that did, the best thing uh, to do? Yeah, and they, they, they phoned me every 10 minutes with an update and literally half an hour later the dog was absolutely back to normal because they'd managed to cool it down. So cool cool the animal down with, mm. in cold water and then lot, drinking lots of water? Yeah, they, uh, you should, if you're out on a dog on a hot day you should make sure always that they have fresh water so carry a bottle with you in a collapsible bowl so you can offer them water because they need water to cool down and by the way you're not meant to dunk dogs straight into icy cold water it's preferable to use water that's a little bit um, if you like off cold like even tepid because very very cold water causes the blood vessels in the surface of the skin to constrict and that can actually stop them losing as much heat as they might need to lose so cool water so you, what you want is their body is wet um, and then because their body is wet um, heat evaporates from the body with the breeze on the body so it's not it's partly the water cooling them down but it's also partly the fact that the body is wet that cools them down I know an issue at this time of year can be summer gastroenteritis what's mm. that all about yeah what that's about is because it's warmer what it means is that uh, everything in the environment is changing more quickly than normal. So um, if there's, let's say if there was a rabbit that died and its carcass was outside, well, it's going to go off much more quickly than, than usual because um, it's warmer, bacteria multiply more quickly and things decompose more rapidly. And if somebody drops a sandwich, it's going to go off more quickly. If uh, there's any food of any kind or even vegetation like uh, mushrooms or rotting leaves, um, bacteria are, are, are churning away far more quickly, uh, creating just more bacterial infection what that means is there's more spoiled things out there and dogs love eating spoiled things they they like it they like they're scavengers by nature they like to pick things up and gobble them down as i often say dogs eat first and sniff later whereas cats are much more pernickety eaters they'll be very cautious about what they eat what that means is that dogs are prone to eating um spoiled things you know whether it's carcasses or vegetation or whatever they tend to scoff it quickly and that means that their their stomach is filled with something it shouldn't be filled with whether it's got a high bacterial load whether there's toxins there um, or whether it's just something very irritant and so what that means is that vets in practice around the country are seeing an increasing number of dogs with severe gastroenteritis and how would you know that they have it as that? Okay, just going to well, be getting sick? So or? gastroenteritis, um, if the stomach is irritated, you get vomiting, and that, that's the gastro bit. If the intestines are irritated, you get diarrhea. That's the entero bit. So gastritis, you get a dog that's vomiting. Enteritis, you get a dog that's got diarrhea. Gastroenteritis, you get both. Vomiting and diarrhea. And so that's classically what you see. Now, 
people don't need necessarily to rush to the vet when their dog has a bit of vomiting and diarrhea because it's quite common and if your dog is bright and cheerful it has one bout of both of those things um, generally you would withhold food for 12 hours then offer them bland food like a bit of cooked chicken and boiled rice and um, often that will be enough however if a dog keeps on vomiting or keeps on producing diarrhea or if you ever see blood in it, and unfortunately that's quite common in the summer for it to be so severe that you see blood, so bloody diarrhoea, um, then you do need to go to the vet urgently because it can be a dangerous situation. We humans were quite um, sensible in what we do generally, and we would, if we feel a bit dehydrated and unwell, we know that we should drink. We should drink either water or electrolytes. And, and you know, um, that's just general common sense for us. Now, dogs don't have common sense like that. so. You can say you can look at a dog and say, "Oh, you're looking a bit dehydrated there, and, and you've had a bit of diarrhea. You better have some more water." Your dog's going to look at you and go, "What?" Huh? <laughs> and it's very hard to make a dog drink, um, so you need to pay attention to that. And it, you know that means perhaps using a syringe to get fluid over your dog's throat, um, but it also means that when dogs when dogs have gastroenteritis, they tend to get quite sick quite quickly and the biggest problem is dehydration and so so when they go to the vet then what the vet will often suggest is putting them onto an intravenous drip because that's the really rapid and effective way first of all to get fluids into them but also to get the electrolytes the sodium and potassium that they need to have their blood balanced so so that's often necessary for dogs with severe gastroenteritis. On the hot weather, Pete, mm. if people have, for example, dogs that are have really heavy coats, like I'm thinking of big huskies or, yeah. um, you know, Labradors that have uh, long-haired labs, labs mm. um, should you be clipping them? I mean, we put little coats on them in winter sometimes. Mm. Mm. That's, that's a good question, and it's one that's a little controversial because um, it, se- it seems instinctive that if, if you were wearing a fur coat, and you went out on a hot day, you'd want to take that fur coat off, wouldn't you? Otherwise, you'd overheat. So it's kind of logical that, therefore, surely you should just clip off all dogs' fur so they've just got their bare skin there, and they'll stay much more cool. Um, so that's a theory. In practice, it's a bit more complicated than that, and especially people who have um, dogs with big coats, like huskies or, or Alaskan Malamutes. Because they melt somewhat, I presume. Yeah, um, there's an argument, you see, that, that, that their, their coat partly provides protection from the from the heat so it stops the heat getting into the body now i'm not quite sure about this but i my, my the best best answer i can come up with to deal with this is that whatever type of dog you have you should get them groomed more often in hot weather and if you've got a dog with that kind of big coat like a husky or a big german shepherd then the very least you should do is get one of these slicker brushes to thoroughly take out the underlying um fine downy fur that really gets too dense in the coat and definitely provides an extra layer of insulation that's too much for the dog it makes the dog get too hot but you can leave on the outer coat the thicker guard hairs the longer hairs because they may well provide some degree of shade and protection from the sun and so i think the compromise for me would be to take out the undercoat but leave the longer outer coat there final question for you before you head off Pete, mm. is uh, for dogs that have a little bit of uh, pink on their snout uh, mm-hmm. light skin should you put sun cream on there definitely um, any area of an animal where there's no pigment and that means any white areas is vulnerable to getting damaged from the sun and the areas that are especially vulnerable in dogs and cats are the bridge of the nose and the ears because the skin in those areas is particularly thin and it's also because it's kind of if you like facing the sky it's particularly prone to getting full sunlight so if you've got um animals, dogs, and especially cats, actually, with white fur on the nose and the ears, then definitely smearing on some human baby 
sunblock, the hypoallergenic. Yeah, the sensitive baby stuff. Yeah, yet. that kind of stuff. That's perfect. Great I stuff. would do that every morning in sunny weather like this for sure. Yeah, I have a special head collar for my pal, my new pal, horse Woody, for his pink nose at the moment All to right. protect it and provide shade for his nose because when the sun first came, it got sunburned very quickly. Yeah, the and the, it's not just the sunburn that's the problem. The, the real issue here is that once skin has been burnt by the sun, it can transform into skin, skin cancer. cancer. Yeah. And, and that's very serious indeed. Pete, as always, thank you so much for joining us on Spirit Radio. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.